your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Thursday, April 15th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoBand12. You can also follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page at Locked On NHL Pods. And don't forget to follow the new Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So today is part two of the Panther Parkway round table discussion on the Florida Panthers trade deadline acquisitions. And we talk a little bit about the landscape of the entire NHL in this discussion as well. So part one released on Tuesday. If you want to go back to listen to that one before you take a listen to this one. So if you that will be Tuesday's show, April 13th, the day after the trade deadline. So let's get back into it. Here's part two of my conversation with my fellow writers at PantherParkway.com. One thing I'm really liking as of late is ever since Ekblad has gone down, Barkov's play has just been on a different level. It's it's something that Randy Moeller talks about on the broadcast. It's a lot of times it's see puck, shoot puck, and I'm liking what I see. And the majority of the scoring, even during this losing streak, has been mostly coming from Barkov. He's been really the only one to really to really have some type of production in these last few games. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say that, um, that, that Barkov, he's, he's hit another level lately. And um, that's, you, you kind of hope he can ride this wave all the way to, all the way to the postseason. But if you think about uh, how he's playing right now, that's, that's with Marchman on his wing, who is a good player, but not necessarily the, the most offensively gifted. Um, you put Duclair back in that spot. You put um, Gusev on the top power play, add some more skill there. Barkov's numbers could really skyrocket um, even more than, than they are right now. So uh, once, he, once he gets back playing with these skill guys that he's used to playing with, um, the sky is really the limit for him. And um, if, you get, if you get Huberto going, he'll, he'll turn it back on. Huberto's a world-class player. Um, Hornquist, he'll, he'll start to score, especially as we get to the postseason. That's where he lives. So... Once you get that kind of support, Barkov, Barkov's been through the roof lately, but he, he might have another level that he hasn't even hit yet. Yeah, they have to get Huberdeau going because uh, him drying up is not is not a good signal. And, you know, he is obviously one of our better players. So, you know, if if he gets 
or continues this scoring slump, that's really not a good sign because we've seen it before from him and he disappears here and there and um, he's got to find that scoring touch. Maybe Gusev is the guy that can actually, you know, spark him up again because uh, it's it's great to see what Barkov's done, but we need the same thing from Huberto as well. Absolutely. And in a few seasons, Huberto is going to be up for a contract in 2024, but Alexander Barkov is one to whose contract will expire prior to that in the 2022 offseason. So I believe that a lot of a big splash wasn't made for the Panthers was in anticipation to possibly create an extension for one of those two or even both. Aaron Ekblad is taken care of for the next five seasons, one, two, four seasons before he becomes an RFA excuse me, UFA, in 2025. So my question is, how long is this champ, his, is this window for the Florida Panthers to make some noise possibly in the league? I want to say it's a few years because you're getting this top-level Barkov now, and you're probably going to get it next season. Sure, Zito didn't make any big splashes. No Taylor Halls, nor no David Savards or anything like that. Had his slumps so far, but when Barkov was out earlier in the year, or I forget who the other guy that was out was missing, but he stepped it up and. This year, even Rudo has shown flashes that he can absolutely get it done, and he still leads the team in assists. Crazy, huh? Yeah, right. Say the uh, window is three years max, but I don't know if they get a cup in those three years. I, I think they can absolutely make the playoffs. I think they can make some noise, but I don't know about a full-on like deep run quite just yet. Well, I think the window of opportunity is right now uh, with, and within three years. I mean, this year, I'm not so sure that they can make a long playoff run. It sure would be nice. And if they do, then that sets the stage for really going for it next year. But I would think that um, next season, they have to have a long playoff run because you want to get some progress. You want to get that um, – uh, that smell of a Stanley Cup before you have to sign Barkov and Huberto. Because if we don't make progress, it's going to be very, very difficult, I think, to sign them. And someone else is just going to offer them the kind of money that he won't be able to say no to. But if we're winning and if we're progressing, then I think we have a much, much better chance of him staying here. Uh, plus, you know, this Q has done two years. I think he's got, what, three more to go. So you want to get this done during his window as well. Yeah, um, I would agree that the championship window has, has opened this year. Um, I think next I think next year is really the year that that window blows open into like a, an open two car garage, because at, at that point, you've got Barkov and Huberdo still on cheap deals. You've got Verhage making one million against the cap, um, a, a healthy Ekblad. You have uh, Uyghur still under contract at a massive discount. So I think next year is the year you, next year is the year you should. I won't say a Stanley Cup is, is what you should expect, 
but next year you, you probably expect them to join the, the ranks of the elite teams. But the championship window is open right now. I think next year is probably our best shot at it. But um, but going forward, it, it kind of all depends on what on what you can get Barkov and Huberdo signed to. It depends on development of prospects. Um, depends on free agency. If you can get another bargain player like Duclair, like Verhage, uh, you can extend that window. But uh, I, I think right now the, the window is open, and and this year they, they should make a hopefully get out of the first round. Next year should be a deep run, maybe a Stanley Cup next season. But, yeah, that, that window is open right now. And, and let's not forget, guys, about, you know, goaltending. And Bobrovsky is, what, 31 right now, I think? So 31 you want to get it done. Yeah. 32. Yeah, you want to get it done in the next two, three years before, you know, he starts a decline. And I think he's had a very, very good season this year and hopefully that can progress into next season the one after that but you know you got to think about his window and uh where he's at as well yeah yeah and thankfully thankfully the pipeline for goalie is something i've spoken about many times on this show about spencer knight coming into the mix don't know if it's exactly next season for sure he's been placed back on the taxi squad just as like a placeholder when he was on the active roster. And then there's Anton Lundell, a center who's currently playing in Liga. You still have developmental pieces in Grigori Denisenko, Alexi Heponiemi as well. You know, Sam Montemo is not having the best year in AHL Syracuse, but there there's still some shining moments here and there whenever he was in the lineup. But of course, still need some development. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds reasonably sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Now back to part two of the Panther Parkway 2021 trade deadline roundtable. I want to get to one player who was kind of a disappointment during his time with the Florida Panthers, and that is Henrik Borgstrom. And this is a player who was, is currently playing in HIFK, who won't be, the Chicago Blackhawks announced that he won't be making his way back this year. And he was a star out of the University of Denver. 
a former first-round pick, 23rd overall, if I'm not mistaken. And 19 points in 58 games during his time. And it's really, it's really disappointing to see that the Florida Panthers really couldn't make the most out of a player like Henrik Borgstrom. What, what are your guys' thoughts on this, on shipping him out? Uh, he, <laughs> I don't know. I, was, he, was he overvalued? Maybe. I mean, everybody speaks highly of how well he played uh, in college and how magical he is with his moves and his hands and how gifted he is with his skill. But I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I watched him, not only in the various training camps and, and um, preseason games, but then when he got his, uh, what, 50 or so game um, run when Bugner was coach, I really didn't see that extra gear that I think he has or that he needs to have. And and well, it was, well, he's got to put on some weight. He's got to build some muscle. Uh, and I don't think he came to the next training camp even ready at that point. Maybe we did a poor job of developing him, which wouldn't be the first time that that's happened with a, a player that the Panthers have drafted. Uh, maybe he just needed a different uh, scenery. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I said a long time ago uh, when he signed or went over to play, uh, you know, across the ocean that that's it. We were done. And I took a lot of flack from that on uh, social media and, you know, he's not here anymore. So um, I'm not disappointed that he's gone. At least we got something in return for him. Maybe not much, but I don't think he had a future here. Yeah. I pretty much got to go with uh, Don here, but um, yeah, he was, I, he absolutely had flashes and he's apps. He's, there's no doubt that this kid is absolutely very talented, but he, he just couldn't cut it here. I don't know why he couldn't cut it here, but that's just how it is. That, that's how the league is. Hopefully he finds a new home in Chicago and hopefully he blossoms there. But as of right now, he, that's just what it was a disappointment. Um, like, I, like Frank said, we got somebody back in the grand scheme of things. And like I said, I wish nothing but for him but the best. He was a very frustrating player to watch when he was here. Like like Frank said, he had a like a 50-game spell where he was regularly in the lineup, but just didn't produce. I, I want to say he was on the third line, maybe. Not much talent on his line, but from a guy who won a Hobie Baker award playing at playing in Denver, you would expect something out of him. I mean we've seen guys come out of college that have at least produced at like a 30 point clip over their rookie season compared to Borstrom who just didn't cut it. And like Frank said, I'm, I'm pretty glad that we just got something out of him. I feel bad for the guy. And honestly, I, I feel like his production was a symptom of kind of how Dale Talon and, and Bob Bugner ran things. They had a long track record of not being able to develop prospects that were, that were highly touted and I think that he's exhibit A of that system. Yeah, um, when, when it comes to when it comes to Borgstrom, I, I, I always hesitate to call a, uh, anyone under maybe 25 years old a bust because obviously he's still a young player and maybe maybe Chicago mines mines the potential out of him. So I, I hope that happens for him because he's a talented guy. But um, there were questions about his work ethic here. Frank touched on it. Uh, he came to training camp underweight two years in a row. 
um, it's, it's obviously tough to put on weight, but when you're a professional athlete, you've got, you've got all the resources and you, you ha just have to put in the work. I don't know him personally that well, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't question, I don't, I don't want to question his work ethic and say he's not putting in the work, but there were, there were doubts about his work ethic from the coaching staff. Um, yeah, he, he showed flashes. He has all the hands, he's got all the skill and the talent, but again, it was just flashes. It wasn't, he never really put it all together. Uh, Talon and Bugner didn't do a great job developing prospects. That was widely known. But um, by the time Q got here, Borkstrom was already behind. Uh, I didn't think he had much of a chance to catch up. And that was the writing was on the wall when they signed Brian Boyle and stashed Borgie in the AHL. So by the time this year rolls around, you, you've got Luster Reinen who showed well in camp. You've got all these, all these centers and uh, new prospects, Anton Lindell, all these guys that are, that are now looking like the future and, and Borgstrom just kind of got squeezed out. So I hope he finds his game in Chicago. He's got all the talent in the world, but uh, consistency is a problem for him. Uh, the, the most disappointing thing I think with Borgstrom is not that he didn't develop here talent wise, but it's all the deals that he was, was uh, coveted in that we could have made trades and, and gotten big returns. And we held on to him because we had such belief in his development. And now now he's a part of a he's a throw in in a Lucas Walmart trade uh, when a couple of years ago he may have been the centerpiece in a Mark Stone trade, for example. Great point, Jake. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know. You can you probably need two or three sets of hands to count how many times somebody wanted him and we didn't pull the trigger. And you could have picked any one of those deals and we would have been in a much better position than we are today. But you know what? That's we can't cry over spilt milk. Got to move ahead. For too many Dale Talon press conferences where he specifically named Henrik Borkstrom as a guy, it would be right after the trade deadline, a guy who another team wanted in exchange for one of the top trade bait guys. And he said, we like this guy too much to even consider moving him. So when I started with that, it was over from the beginning in, in, in negotiations. And now looking back, it's, it's obviously a horrible decision, but it sucks. Yeah, and like Frank said, can't cry over spilled milk, and it just thinks right now that couldn't maximize a player's value when you had the chance to, and I hope that in the future there isn't that if the Panthers, hopefully not, they if the Panthers have a bad start to next season and there happen to be sellers of the next trade line, that that there, that it doesn't happen again, but this is what happens with the change in management with Bill Zito coming into the mix. He's getting players with familiarity, and he's not just going for the big home run threat. He's thinking about the the now with expiring contracts, with RFAs like a Sam Bennett and a UFA like a Brandon Montour. But I think about what he gave up the third round pick for Montour is the 2021 and a the trade for Bennett is a 2022. So he's structuring the assets in different years so that he can still get bring in some of his guys and not be so up against the cap. But when it comes to Sam Bennett, right now this is a tryout period for a player like Sam Bennett who 
will the Panthers make a qualifying offer? Is he what's he gonna is he gonna go back to playoff form? If you guys had a silver ball, do you think that this is more than just a rental or if he is a rental at all? I wanna say yes that he's not a rental because Zito has made it clear that he wants to keep this guy around. Why? I don't know, but he wants to keep him around. They, they probably are in contract talks right now as we speak, but I'm pretty sure this is a tryout period. Um, if, and also as of right now, it almost feels like it's playoff hockey. So throw him in the fire. Let's see how this kid does. I agree. Um, I actually, that's, a, that was a good segue Armando, just because I, I kind of detect a, a bit of a culture shift from Dale Talon to Zito, especially something like a, a trade deadline. What you notice with Zito is he's brought in a lot of guys that are obviously on expiring contracts and some are playing for that next contract. So obviously they're going to bring their best. Um, so that, that helps our, that helps our team because they're not just playing for the team. They're also playing for, for financial security. They're playing for their next deal. Um, that, that bring that raises a question though. And, and, Frank and Spencer both touched on it with a guy like Henrik Borgstrom, for example, do you guys think when, when a GM after a trade deadline publicly says, I'm holding on to you because I think you're too valuable to give up. Do you think that creates a sense of entitlement uh, in a player's development? Do you think that leads a player to, to relax or think he doesn't need to work as hard necessarily? Or do you think that leads a player to be comfortable uh, in his development? Because with Zito, he's bringing in guys that now have to prove themselves. With Dale Talon, we had guys that he held on to because he liked them so much. And I just wonder if that created a sense of entitlement. I wouldn't necessarily say a sense of entitlement. More of just he put too much faith and he put and he counted his chickens or counted his chickens before his eggs hatched. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, right? Locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL are in full swing. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insight, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I think about it like this. Even if something on the surface doesn't come up with Henrik Borgstrom and whether it's attitude or just how he goes up about it. Emotionally, you could calm down saying, okay, these guys are saying I'm staying. So even if he doesn't say anything, any cocky comments or anything, he, he might internally ask himself, why do I need to try harder? I'm not saying I'm not, And yes, the coaches have questioned his work ethic, but emotionally, a player could feel that way because they're told they're here to stay. Um, how I don't know how a player can think that way. Like, okay, you got faith in me. I can like kind of relax and take it easy now. I, I, <laughs> I don't get that. I don't understand that. Maybe I'm cut from a different cloth, but, um, even if you are going to say that about me, I still haven't in Borgstrom's shoes. I still haven't made the team. I still haven't been given a job full time at the NHL level. All you've said was you got faith in me. You think I'm going to be okay. And I'm still here. So I guess I can breathe easy that I didn't get traded, but I still ought to have to be able to prove that I belong here and that I belong in a, um, in a top six role, as an example, you know, we had no choice, but to play him on the third line was it kind of wasting his talent. Yeah, probably, but he didn't earn top six minutes. So what else were we supposed to do to him? If, you know, if you're trying to hold people accountable, so was it a curse for Dale to have kept saying that in the end result, maybe, but you got to look at Borkstrom, the player too. What did he really want? And what, what did he really expect of himself? Yeah, I get that. And you know, there was some talk that maybe putting him on the wing might have been, um, you know, a little bit better than having him play center because he would need, you know, wouldn't have as much responsibility. So, I mean, I wouldn't be looking to move Trocek, but and certainly not Barkov, but, you know, I don't know if that affected him either. Wait. When Trocek broke his ankle, uh, Borgstrom Borgstrom got that call up, and uh, he he had he had his shot at second line minutes, and he didn't really he didn't really take advantage yeah, of it that's at true. the time. Yeah. So the Panthers with the Sam Bennett trade, in reality, they gave up two second round picks because Emil Heinemann is a forty third overall pick with from the twenty twenty NHL entry level draft along with this second round pick that 
is for 2022. A lot of the talk is that they gave a lot for him, and I kind of agree, but Joey made a great point that if you're going to give up that much capital and that much on the farm, then it it gives me a better indication that and it gives me a better idea that Sam Bennett could stay here long term as and as we're speaking uh, Spencer has left the conversation so we want to thank Spencer for joining this round table but do you guys do you guys think is it do you think it's worth the investment a lot of these deals are overpayment at the trade deadline. You know, I mean, you're either you're you're outbidding somebody. You want to make sure that this is, you know, this is the guy you want. So, yeah, maybe we have to give up a little bit more than we really think. But let's face it, we're getting we're getting an NHL player for two draft picks who may never see the NHL. So I think at this point, it's a risk worth taking because here we are again. We're all talking as though our window of opportunity is open and it's opening. If we were, you know, in seventh place in the division, sixth place in the division, then no, you're not going to give up those kind of um, assets for a player like Sam Bennett or anybody. But I think right now you have to take that chance. And this is an opportunity. We've, I don't want to say never, but we've rarely done anything like this in trade deadlines. So I think it also sends a message to the organization that, you know, we're we're looking to improve. We're looking to add because we really feel that we have uh, an opportunity. Yeah, I got to stand by with Frank here. Um, and also in the grand scheme of things, and like you said, like Frank said before, everyone's overpaying on their draft picks. But I feel like it's just two second round picks. Those you could easily get back in some sort of deal, some sort of salary cap dump, or some other BS. As And also, it's for a prospect I've never even heard of. I know. As a Panthers fan, I should know who he is, but I've never seen his production. I don't know who the kid is. And the grand scheme of things, we're also completely clumped with so many forwards. So losing that guy doesn't really mean too much of anything. And obviously, they want to win now. And Zito has a vision on what kind of players he wants. And this is clearly evident of it. Um, so I don't see it as an overpayment. And I think people are overreacting because I, I know Taylor Hall got a second round pick, but at the same time, I think Taylor Hall was such a special case. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to agree with both of them on this one. We could be quick to call it an overpayment on, on trade deadline day, but if Sam Bennett gets hot, he contributes, and we make a deep playoff run, and he's a part of it, it's no longer an overpayment. It's a steal. So it, it, it just kind of – it depends on how you look at it and how his tenure as a Panther actually goes because if we're talking next year, two years, three years from now, he's still on the roster. He's still producing. He's contributed in playoff series. We're not looking at two second-round picks as an overpayment at that point. So it, it just depends on how his, his time here turns out. Um, Emil Heinemann's he, he's got a shot to be a good player. He played well in world juniors, uh, a Swedish guy. Um, they tend to be, they tend to be pro ready when they come out, but, um, you know, it, you, you kind of have to, you part with a guy who may make an NHL impact and get a guy who is making an NHL impact and our championship window is now. So, um, it, it's a move you have to make. 
if, if Sam Bennett pans out, it does, it's not looked at as an overpayment. And Joey touched on it. We are loaded with forwards, especially uh, forward prospects. Just this past draft alone, we got uh, Smolanich, Sordiff, Lundell. Uh, we, we got some some legitimate young forwards just in the last draft alone. So it's not that huge of a loss. Yeah, and you touched it very well, Jacob, about if he's here long term, then those second round picks just we we won't even think about think about it here as as the years go on but as we start to wrap up this round table discussion on the trade deadline the as of tonight the carolina hurricanes have lost to the detroit red wings in regulation so even with this three-game losing streak are you serious yep they lost tonight against detroit so despite the losing streak there's still a chance for this division and columbus sold and I, I don't know how Nashville did. I, I believe they stood pat. Uh, and it, it seems as if there's still really a chance to get that top spot. But, hey, they're still in great position for at least home ice in the first round. So any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up this Panther Parkway tread deadline roundtable? Uh, Nashville didn't stand pat. They actually had. I knew this was coming. <laughs> a seventh round draft pick for Erica Branson. I think we could have done that, don't you guys? Oh man, our boy. <laughs> I, mean, I would have loved uh, it. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. I don't think Good Branson's the same player he was back in 2015, 16. I don't think he was the same player. I don't know. I think I think he's the same player, but the league is not the same league. I think I think the league has yeah. outgrown his style. But I love Good Branson. I love him too. So that's my signing. Wish him all the best in Nashville. Hopefully, just not against us, as the Florida Panthers will have two more matchups against the Nashville Predators in about a week. It'll be a back-to-back Monday and Tuesday against them, which I will be in attendance for. If anyone wants to come and bug me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that definitely if you if you're going hit joey up and once again thank you guys so much for joining me on this roundtable discussion and we will have more of this this summer during the playoffs for free agency the draft and i'm very excited to do another one with you guys thank you once again gentlemen for joining me on this conversation Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you guys so much, you guys. See ya. And thank you once again to Jacob, Frank, Spencer, and Joey for joining me on this Panther Parkway 2021 NHL trade deadline roundtable for the Florida Panthers to cover their trade deadline. And seems to be quite a bit of positives between the fan base and the staff at Panther Parkway, how the Florida Panthers did during this 2021 trade deadline. But today is game day. The Florida Panthers will be taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning on the road in the Emily Arena, where the Florida Panthers have a nationally televised game, one of the two that I talked about earlier that they got because of their recent success winning 
and they've earned a nationally televised game. And if they want to have the respect around the league, then what it takes is winning games on the national stage so that the Panthers can get more of these more often. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. Please follow the Twitter page at LO underscore FLA Panthers, and you'll be notified when each and every episode drops. Make sure to email me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com if you have any questions related to the Florida Panthers. Make sure to also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and their Twitter page, Locked On NHL Pods on Twitter, and also the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. So, I'm Armando Velez, signing off, and you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.